0: Welcome to season two of The Bren is Female. I'm Ava Hartling, founder and host of this podcast. I created this platform so that I could share stories of powerful, inspiring women to empower others and to inspire change. This is Fashion Week season. Toronto Fashion Week wrapped up this week and New York is in full swing. To celebrate the many talented women in the field of fashion and design, we're kicking off season two with an interview featuring Katie Kolondiski, founder and creative director of Silk Laundry, a wonderful line of silk, slip dresses, camisoles, blouses and more. Silk Laundry began as a side project five years ago with just four pieces, which Katie launched when she was living in Australia. Within the first year, the brand was carried in over 60 stores. Today, it counts three stores, two of them in Australia, and a staff of almost 20. Katie opened a silk laundry shop in Montreal, Canada after deciding to move back to the country to be closer to her family. She now works out of an office above the shop. The brand has received accolades from the fashion community, and stars, including Chrissy Tagan, have been flocking to the brand's popular slips. Here's my conversation with Katie Kolandeski.
1: I grew up in I grew up in Thunder Bay, Ontario. And my father is Canadian, my mother is Australian. Mm-hmm. So we traveled back and forth to Australia every year to go and visit um, my mother's family. And when I was 17, I ended up moving to Montreal and I studied psychology here at Concordia. Mm-hmm. And then when I was 18, I moved to Australia and I finished my psychology studies and I moved to Sydney and I moved to Melbourne and I kind of did a little bit of everything and I think fashion something that was just sort of in me probably from my mother she used to make my sisters and my clothes all the time I remember like her awake at night through the night just sewing dresses and everything for us so we were always kind of best-dressed kids at school and you know everything was handmade and wow. beautiful jackets and dresses and corduroy and velvets and it was it was all pretty it was all really beautiful and mm-hmm. um, and really well made so I think it was something that was just sort of there and something that I love but not really anything that I thought I would do anything with it mm-hmm. um I really wanted to be a lawyer and I really you know, I kind of wanted to do psychology and criminology and fashion wasn't really something that, it it interests me, but it wasn't something that I thought could have been a career. Mm-hmm. And then I think it was probably, you know, when I was mid-20s, I was with a couple of girlfriends and we really wanted to start a label all together. This was in Sydney and I remember I remember what it was called and I remember I was like dreaming about clothes all the time and... And, but it was something that you know mid twenties and it never happened mm, and yeah. <laughs> it was just kind of like a bit of a pipe dream and mm-hmm. you know and I sort of moved on from there. But after I had my first child, I would have been, I think I was 28 or 29 and kind of saw a gap in the market for just clothes that I wanted to wear and can afford and were well made with beautiful fabrics. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of polyester at the time and. Right things that I wanted to purchase and I would look at it and I'd be like oh this feels okay and then I'd look at it and it was poly and I just it was something that was really really hard to find at that time before I sort of turned 30 and I just I saw I saw a gap and Mm -hmm. it's I guess it's also like the business mind in me as well that I just went you know what this is this is what I can do and I I can fix this and I can and I can make this work and mm-hmm. I can make it something that, that I want and I want to wear. And, you know, something that it's easy for everyone to find beautiful pieces made of silk. And, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and it just kind of went
0: from there organically. So tell me about starting the business. How did that happen? Did you just, you know, start designing a couple of dresses at first? Or did you lay out a business just, plan first?
1: I never, I never had a business plan. It was actually, it was quite interesting because I was doing... A lot of different things sort of on my own so I was you know I had I had a blog and it was kind of this collective thing where we'd blog about you know fashion and hotels and and chefs and cooking and all of these all of these different amazing things and it I was just sort of I was actually approached by one of my friends my friend's mother who had a lingerie label and she was looking at she was looking at selling it and I don't I have no idea how she thought that I would be the best person mm. to buy this, but mm. she approached me to to purchase this brand, and um, and it just it just happened that I thought that why not do it? Like mm-hmm. I have nothing else. I have nothing else to do. I think that I could do this if she helped me through the way with the design team and the process, and mm. maybe this is kind of what I should be doing or what I can do. And so I just kind of, my husband thought it was a good idea and we just sort of jumped <laughs> in the deep end yeah, with that. And then, and then from that, I kind of built silk laundry on the back of it. My okay. following with the Laundry label grew quite quickly mm-hmm. and I was able to sort of, to sort of hop on that as well and kind of, um and kind of do both at the same time. And right. I was able to meet contacts and things like that. And it just, it just kind of happened
0: and grew from there. Yeah. Yeah. So that was kind of a happy coincidence that
1: allowed you to fully
0: go into that path. Yeah.
1: I already had a staff, you know what I mean? Like when I, when I started the lingerie brand, we did like a huge rebrand and everything. And I already had hired like my first full-time
0: girl and Mm -hmm. you know, and I just kind of built it, from there right yeah. right so and the woman who sold you the label did she yeah. serve as a mentor in any capacity oh she, she was
1: she was amazing we went to a lot of um uh textile shows in shanghai together and mm-hmm. we moved we ended up moving from brisbane to the gold coast this was in australia okay. um to be closer to her and the factory because the laundry was all made in australia with beautiful like french lace and so I moved close to the factory so I could be right there almost every day if I needed to. Mm-hmm. And then, um, so she was, a, she was a really like amazing mentor for me. And silk laundry, I basically just started with a concept of five pieces. It was like a camisole, the 90s slip, mm-hmm. a pair of shorts, a t-shirt, and and a button-up shirt. Like mm-hmm. it was all of your classics that you kind of need, but it's hard to find them in silk and So I just started from there and it just
0: kept going. It just grew. Yeah. And apart from her, were there any role models uh, and I'm interested in women maybe that you looked up to, could be in the fashion world, it could be in the business world in general, somebody who inspired you? Uh,
1: When I was growing up, like a lot of my role models, I was a platform diver, so a lot of my role models growing up were actually, it, it had nothing to do with fashion, it was all, Olympians Like okay. Greg Louganis and Dominique Dawes. And like, it wasn't <laughs> anyone that, I don't know. Like it's, athletes I guess it's basically, it's, it's, it's all aspirations. I yeah, wanted to, yeah. you know what I mean? I might not have been the best diver, but I wanted to strive to be the best. And I trained so much. And so a lot of people that I did look up to previously were, you know, my coaches mm. and, and Olympians really. And now I guess there's a few people that I look up to in fashion
0: Mm -hmm.
1: um, that I follow and, and really appreciate their point of view and things like that. But it's not something that I follow closely or try to emulate or, I don't know, it's just something that... I don't think about very much,
0: to be okay. honest. Yeah. Yeah. But it's great that you had athletes as your inspiration. They were probably really kind of strong, yeah. empowered role models and women who yeah. dared to, you know, go further and not care about the yeah. glass ceiling. and
1: Yeah, exactly. That it was probably about, you know what I mean, like strength and willpower yeah. and, you know, you can kind of do everything and it's not, there was nothing against, you know, females or males or, you know what I mean? It was just, uh, I think as like an athlete as well especially being a diver I was always kind of competing you're always competing against yourself you're not competing against other people it's an individual sport and Mm -hmm. you're always just trying to be better every dive be better than your last one so it's it's not a team sport um but I was always competing with myself all the Mm -hmm. time
0: And what was your mom's uh, response when she realized you started doing the the, going into fashion? Was she happy having (laughs) had kind of that influence on you growing up?
1: Uh, I don't. I think even to this day, my parents don't necessarily uh, realize the extent to how my business has grown and and what exactly (laughs) I what exactly I do. They, I think they. They kind of got a glimpse of it when I did open the Montreal store and they mm-hmm. came to the opening and it was actually like a really beautiful store and it was an amazing party and I think they kind of um, felt this this pride for me, but I don't know if they really saw it before. They knew I was doing things and busy mm. and, you know, but if they really saw it as like a, as a business that I could make work financially, I'm I'm not sure. I think they kind of thought it was... More of a hobby. Okay.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, hopefully they start yeah. to grasp the idea by now. Yeah. And um, when you started the business and kind of the first few years of setting it up, were there any obstacles? What were some of the most difficult things you had to face?
1: Um, I was thinking about this question earlier. I don't think there was necessarily obstacles that were put in in my way, like in place. But there was definitely things that like hurdles to overcome, or things that, looking back on, I would have liked to have done differently from mm-hmm. the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, so not necessarily obstacles, but definitely learning curves, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, things like starting my web store on the wrong platform. You know, like, I, it, that was just silly mistakes that mm-hmm. I would dumped money into. Not dumped, but put money into, and mm-hmm. I should have done it another way yeah. from the beginning. And things like going into... <laughs> You know wholesale with um, with a few wholesale agents that were that were also not right for me yeah you know, there I think sometimes I probably should have followed my gut more yeah. from the beginning and mm-hmm. and done that rather than gone with my head but you know you you live and learn and mm-hmm. four years later it's you know, silk laundry is better for it for having yeah. it
0: made those mistakes and those were and great okay. lessons and yeah. now you won't make the same mistakes again yeah. basically yeah yeah <laughs> um, and let's talk about the move from australia to canada and this was funny because when i everyone was telling me oh yeah so laundry from montreal yeah and then when i you know googled you and then saw oh, no it's actually australian yeah um, and i became really interested in understanding your trajectory yeah. from australia back to montreal and yeah. I'm, t- I'm very happy we have a store here in montreal yeah, thank you uh, but tell me about that move and um how what did that represent for the business
1: um for me moving to montreal was was a completely a a personal decision it was personal for myself and my husband and we have two small boys so it was for our family Mm -hmm. really um I started silk laundry in Australia as you know and I have two stores there and my e-com and my head office and everything is there but we just kind of decided to move to Montreal basically for the language so Mm. our kids can grow up and be bilingual it was really important for me so last year when we were coming over my son was five and it was kind of like a it's a now or never thing you know so I we we had to make the move for the kids and that on a personal level but the business just kind of came with that Mm -hmm. um we weren't planning on opening a store in Montreal but it just happened it was everything was quite serendipitous where we got a whole you know, we had a we had a home, and we put our kids in school, and everything happened really easily. And then we were out for dinner, and you know, at Vain Papillon one night, and mm. you know, and then we saw this, which big is next door to your space, old space. space place, yeah. you know, that was just it. Must have just went up for lease um, that day, and we saw it, and we called the next day, and it was just it was something that my husband and I were actually not really afraid of of making decisions like this. So we just kind of saw the space, and we mm. just we hopped in. So now it's actually it's actually been amazing for Silk Laundry because it's now seen as, as international and I've been able to still work with our head office in Australia mm-hmm. and now in Montreal and the team's growing and it's really good for me as well here because location wise Montreal is so easy to get mm. anywhere I need to go if yeah. I need to go to New York yeah. or LA or you know what I mean when I need to go to Europe and go visit suppliers over there or Portugal it's actually really easy whereas in Australia it's it's such an amazing country but it is hard to get places mm-hmm. on short notice from there. A little from there um it's pretty it's pretty far <laughs> so so for the business has actually been this has actually been a really cool year for for me and mm-hmm. the business,
0: yeah. And tell me about um, some of the differences or maybe the similarities you've observed between doing business in Australia and Canada. Ooh, uh,
1: I don't know. I think Canadians, I think Canadians are actually really cool. I Australians are cool as well. So <laughs> um, we've got that but, in common. Yeah, <laughs> I think they're all really cool. But I notice. In Canada I seem to have been getting a lot more support than what I did in Australia whether it's Interesting. whether it's through friends or females or businesses or opportunities there seems like there's more here for me and I don't know why that is or if it's just because the business has grown or I don't really know, but I feel like there's there's a really huge untapped market and I think that there's also a lot of support. Everyone here, especially in Montreal, everyone wants to help you, whether it's mm. moving your house or right. helping you build a bar or coming That's to true. work for you. Everyone yeah. just kind of wants to like say, hey, I have time, I can come and help you do this. Where. Mm. Um, I think it's very, very cool. Mm.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I know it's kind of that spirit of corporation and, and yeah, helping everyone out really wants to Yeah. I think that's very Montreal. Oh, yeah. It's very mm. it's really cool. Even shoveling
1: snow, you know what I mean? Like everyone's <laughs> everyone's going out and helping other people shovel yeah. their snow together and it's really it's really pretty. Maybe cool, that's like, where it starts. Our winters community. are so rough yeah. that <laughs> the only way
0: can make it through is if it's you together, know we're helping our neighbors, you know? basically. Yeah,
1: yeah. That's, so it's been really interesting. it's been really nice. Um
0: if you had the opportunity to do it over again would you still start your own business have your own company be your own boss as opposed to working for somebody else even if it wasn't fashion or related field it honestly is
1: a really hard question to answer and oftentimes i would say no um (laughs) even though it's amazing to be your own boss you still end up you still end up working for people around you. Yeah. Like you're not my life hasn't become easier in any way mm-hmm. because I have my own business. And I think sometimes that's something that people see as, oh, but you can do anything you want. And, yeah. and really I don't. There's really big limits to to what I have and my time and it's and it's certainly made things hard for my family as well. Like mm. my, my husband goes back. I feel even when I'm when I'm talking about this, I get quite emotional because it has been it has been difficult for us. Like my husband goes back to Australia every mm-hmm. six weeks, and and then I'm here with, and you know with the kids, and I have mm. a two year old and a six year old, and you know then I'm on my own, or I have to ask you know one of my parents to come from Thunder Bay to come and help me with the kids, or his mom will fly from Australia to come and help. So here we are, quite alone as well, and mm. and I don't necessarily know if I would do it all over again knowing what I know now and how much it has grown and how much pressure it has put on me Mm -hmm. Um, but I also think it's very cool what I've been able to do and I've been able to donate money to charities that I would have never been able to do and I would have and I can hire people and I can empower women Mm -hmm. and you know so on the flip side I do find it's really cool and it's it's something that having my husband and I as a team together we're kind of we really do throw ourselves in the deep end Mm -hmm. and most of the time we come out of it and we're floating and we're and we're really we're really great but Mm -hmm. it is uh it is a lot of Mm -hmm. work Mm -hmm. it's a lot of work and especially now um living in Montreal it has given more opportunities and the business has grown but now I often work the day and I'll still start at 9:30 in the morning and then I'll go and I'll pick up my kids at four o'clock in the afternoon mm-hmm. and then a lot of times I'll go back into work and I'll work from six or seven o'clock and then I'll work until two o'clock in the morning because yeah. I'm working Australian Time hours different. so yeah. it's I don't know <laughs> I really I would love to say I would love to say yes absolutely I would 100% do this again
0: um but I don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think that's a misconception that comes with yeah. the idea of having your own business. Yeah. Um, and when I made that switch of working for somebody else for a company and then going to my yeah. own, um, I quickly realized that idea that you'd have all the freedom in the world yeah for part of it yes but yeah. you have clients you have suppliers you have partners you have yeah. a lot of demands that you can't ignore yeah and yes you're making the decisions behind you know what you're building yeah but you have to account to those people there's just yeah there's
1: so much pressure and there's financial difficulties and you mm. know and it's it's just it's not something that that is that is easy as it's that as it looks from the
0: outside exactly yeah yeah, yeah people rarely see the struggles that yeah. entrepreneurs go through and the 3am you know yeah. anxiety crisis just think, oh you can
1: take four <laughs> days off and it's not a
0: problem and it's really exactly. easy and it's and it's a lot a lot of work so based on that what advice <laughs> would you give to young women who are interested in a fashion career whether they want to start their own label or become a designer or if they I want to think- work for another brand
1: I think for me, the advice that I would give is for one, make sure there's a gap in the market for, for Mm -hmm. what you're looking at doing. Right. Um, I think if there is a gap and you can fill it, then, then you can do it. Like, I think that's one of the, one of the main things. I also think don't do something just because, just because you think it's a good idea at the time. You really need to be passionate about it because if you are going to be working 80 hours a week on something you want to be passionate about it and Mm -hmm. you want to be curious and you want to be interested. And I think that you have to realize that you have to do it long term. It's not, it's not something that you can just do and flip in, in three or five Mm -hmm. years. It's something that you'll end up doing for the rest of your life. If you really love it. So I think that's, that's a lot of my advice. I think also like you have to realize that, Success doesn't come overnight. It really is. It really is so much hard work. But if mm-hmm. you're ready to do it and put in one hundred fifty percent, then then you can do it too, and build the right team around you. Mm-hmm. I think that's really important. And don't be afraid of failing.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I would agree with all of that advice. Yeah. Um. What does leadership mean to you? And do you in the position you have now how would you approach kind of mentoring the new generation
1: we have um i think leadership is something that that i would like to work on more myself we have a pretty small team at silk laundry i only have i think i have right now 16 or 18 people and we all quite work fairly large yeah it's not it's not tiny but we all do work quite individually right um I've I've actually had to back away from a lot of it because for me trying to do everything that I need to do with with design and PR and things like that I've had to step away from from trying to lead my team and that's something that my husband's kind of taken more on board from mm-hmm. him okay so we offer internships in australia and a few of the girls have actually come out of that into full-time jobs with silk laundry we're doing like marketing that's pr and things like that which is really cool um and then here we're actually we're bringing a lot of our core like our our core team from australia we're bringing them to montreal actually next week Oh wow. for we're calling it a silk laundry summit Love it. and yeah so it's going to be like a three-day leadership everything like niggling out everything for the next year and so that's going to be i think that's actually going to be really
0: cool and something that we'll be doing every year so you run a successful business you're really busy managing teams back in australia you've recently relocated yeah. part of the team or started the office in Montreal in a store yeah. you go back and forth mm-hmm. and you work <laughs> you, you try to uh, you know balance the two time zones uh, you're also a mom uh, how do you find balance what keeps you grounded in that super busy schedule
1: I th- I think my kids keep me grounded basically um, it's really hard you like without them I think my feet might be... Five feet off the ground at the moment. Um, I don't know if I've found balance. I'm hoping that this year I'll be able to get more of that. Um, I'd love to be able to sleep more, and I'd love to be able to relax a little bit more, go to the gym more. Um, but I don't. So, ba- I think, and I think balance is something that. Uh, For me, I don't know if I found it yet, mm, mm-hmm. but I'm hoping that <laughs> 2020, <laughs> 2020, I hope that, I hope that I can, that I can find it more that last year was a really big year for me and a really big thing full of, full of adjusting and, you know, and realizing how much I have to travel and how much my husband has to travel. And, uh, and I hope that even in a couple of years when my two year old is a little bit older. That things will become a little bit more easy. But right now it's pretty exhausting. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I well, get tired just thinking about thinking about it and looking at my calendars and
0: and yeah. I don't know. From the outside, we can <laughs> tell. I mean you've yeah. got like the business seems to be doing amazingly well. You yeah. seem very happy. And of course we always look at, you know, social media presence. Yeah. And I've been watching all your travels, but it's funny how that's yes. just the front and yeah. we know that there's something going on behind it. We don't always get the full story. Yeah. yeah. And actually, I'd like to ask you about that too. Uh, in the world of uh, social media and yeah. kind of the pressure to always look perfect and always look happy yeah. and always look like we need to have the most amazing experiences, yeah. um, how do you approach that, both for your brand and for your kind of personal uh, presence as well?
1: Uh. Well, I look after all the social media for, for my brand and obviously for myself. Um, for my brand, it's something that uh, I guess it comes quite quite naturally. Like I put up a lot of shoot photos and inspiration and mm-hmm. art and shoes. And so for that, it's quite easy. For, for myself personally, I actually don't think about it that much. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. I, you would probably notice that it's not... It's not necessarily everything that's just like perfect, and it's not a bunch of selfies. And I've tried to kind of put more, like a little bit more of my work up because I mm-hmm. do keep it quite separate, but a lot of it for myself, my Instagram is, is basically a photo album for myself and my memories. So it's right. not, it's not really for outsiders looking at silk laundry, although yeah. I will give a little bit of insight on my stories or when I'm working and, you know, mm-hmm. my late nights and my glasses of wine and, you know, mm-hmm. some like some design things here and there, but for me, it is quite personal, and mm-hmm. I think that if people do want to follow me, then they can follow me, and I have no issue with that, but they're not necessarily following me because of... I don't know why they're following me, to be honest. <laughs>
0: well, I think um, your account, you yeah. come across as very authentic, yeah. uh, which I really appreciate, and I'm drawn towards yes, and, thank you. You know, people who post more of the real yeah. stuff, yeah. and yes, of course, we want to show the brands we represent, yeah. or, you know, yeah. uh, but... Y- I think there's some content that's becoming a little, uh, yeah,
1: for me, it is quite, it is quite real. It's, you know what I mean? It's my real story and it's my real couch and it's, you know, me loving animals or my children (laughs) or whatever, looking at frogs or it's not necessarily, uh, for me, I don't think my Instagram is very, is very filtered nor is it very thought through and I don't have a color scheme. It's just.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's it's just real. It's just me. Yeah, Yeah. and what you feel like posting. Very very interesting, though, that you manage the social media for your own brand, which allows it to be really connected to the brand's DNA and the brand's vision because the creator is doing it herself. Yeah,
1: it's really quite interesting, and a lot of people will be like, is this the owner of the brand, like if they're direct messaging me and stuff? And I'm like, yes, it is. Like, It's me. Like, It is really me behind it. I don't know if I'll be able to do it forever because I do get... You know, I do get a lot of messages and things like that that, that so take to up a lot of my time yeah. mm-hmm. um, when sometimes I need to be doing something else. So yeah. I don't know how long I'll be able to do it. It's yeah. something that I might have to carve off mm-hmm. eventually. But right now, I feel like even when I do feel like carving it off, I'm like, oh, but there's so many messages and things like that that people can go back and see. And it's personal. And they, you know, people think that they're talking to me. So I can't I can't give it up. like You know what I mean? It's something that is quite personal to me and I don't really want to... I don't really know when I'll give it up or if I ever will. I'm mm-hmm. not sure. but yeah. you know, You'll want to keep hopefully a Hopefully there'll be a platform on it. to kind of... Yeah, I need to keep a... Hopefully there's something eventually that someone can go back and forth with messages on sizing and things like that. Because for me, I'd, mm. I'd rather that kind of stuff go through emails than... Than direct messages, right? It does, it does take up a lot of my time and my effort.
0: Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of you know, the, the brand vision, the, the the inspiration behind the brand. Where do you find inspiration when you're designing? And uh, there's been, you know, a few collections now of, yeah. of laundry, and they're all very on point, very trendy. I mean, I'm, I'm yeah. a fan, I like the pieces. Um, I also really appreciate that they can fit different types yeah. of body. Yeah. You can be very skinny or kind of curvier and the dresses yeah. look amazing. Yeah. Um, So where, where do you find your inspiration on a daily basis? I think, regarding regarding it fitting a lot of people i think that's
1: the beauty of the bias cut of the slip dresses that's the 90s slip that's what we sell the most you know and i think there's a lot of people who have tried to do it but haven't really haven't really nailed it or they've cut it on the straight rather than on the bias and that's that's that one thing that's why it fits everyone so well no matter mm. what body shape you have you can kind of i've worn one of those i'm i'm pretty slim and i've worn one of those dresses you know, all the way through my pregnancies into labor and right. beyond. And it's just something that, that grows with your curves, which is really, really cool. It's, it's perfect just, dress. Like, it's, it's absolutely magical. Yeah. So I think that's one of those things why it does look like it fits everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, I try to create things that are pretty down to earth, pretty versatile. Yeah. Yeah. It's not too tight or too stuffy or too difficult to wear or hard to think about what you're going to put with like I'm I'm pretty easy I'd like to just throw on a dress and a pair of shoes Mm -hmm. and I'm and I'm good and I don't wear a lot of like tight clothes or jeans or you know for me it's just not as comfortable as as being able to wear a dress I wear jeans more now in the winter that we're here not Mm -hmm. jeans but like pants um, just because it is more practical than a dress. Yeah. you putting on like tights and a ski suit and like <laughs> you know, your big socks and things like that. But I try to I try to make it pretty pretty practical and pretty wearable for mm-hmm. for whether you're, you know going to work or doing something in corporate or going for a walk or getting coffee or traveling or being a mom and have to go to the park and run. And that's kind of one of those reasons why I've been doing more prints as well because for me, with my two kids my clothes get dirty really fast like just with grubby right. little hands and things yeah. like that so I've been for a few, couple of years now I've been all about prints and like wearing um wearing a lot of different things that I wouldn't have normally worn but and working with amazing print designers just because I'm I really really love them right now and it's something that I didn't always wear a lot I wore a lot mm. of gray and black and white and you know didn't really veer from that but now I'm more into print. really like prints right now if they're they're the right print yeah they have to be the yeah. Right. yeah and I'm really picky so I'm hoping that I'm doing the right thing and being on point it's not something that I haven't I don't look towards trends and I don't okay. follow a lot of brands either I kind of look back at history when I'm looking at I love looking at beautiful old clothes from the 20s and the 50s mm. and the 70s you know and and I kind of look back at just small details, something on a sleeve or a button or it could be a collar or something like that 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 really speaks to me. But I don't look – I don't really look forward and I don't see mm. what's happening. But I think a lot of that stuff has just kind of come naturally and organically. And mm-hmm. if it has been on point, like the tie-dye, that was just – it was just something –
0: that happened right you know it appealed to you at that point yeah
1: last year it must just be something like there in my heart or something subconsciously that you're seeing like last year I ended up picking like the Pantone color of the year like basically every single code was exactly right and it's not something that that was even around or there or I Mm. honestly I don't really know how it works but it's there.
0: Well, I think trends are also it's in the air because yeah. there'll be, you know, there's kind of a global mm-hmm. vibe and global feeling yeah. about what's coming back, what are we uh, yeah. what speaks to us and it can be from the world of art or different yeah. you know, global events that are going on or after a certain decade then we're interested in the next decade. So yeah. I think there's kind of a natural movement around yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. So, so it's something if, that you're just, radar if your radar is on exactly. just
1: it just comes quite naturally. So yeah. it's great. And I think If you are making things that are versatile and and easy to wear then and classic yet interesting, then
0: people will buy it anyway, you know? (laughs) And so all of your prints are custom designed?
1: My prints are custom.
0: My colors are custom. That's fantastic. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so it's cool. There's a couple prints that are just, that are very simple, like stripes Mm -hmm. or things like that, that obviously isn't, isn't much to it, um but most of my prints are all custom prints and yeah mm-hmm. things that I, I love the polka for dots a while. yeah the polka, <laughs> polka dots I was are, really into
0: the polka dots yeah, this summer the
1: really big oh the, the really baby one. with yes the, yeah yeah they're cool yeah. too
0: and what you're yeah. saying about stains is absolutely true because after two weeks in Europe I <laughs> can tell you like I didn't yeah. have to wash the dress and I wore it like yeah. time and time again that's so good yeah. yeah it's like my favorite if you can
1: just like wash it and wear it for me yeah, that's it's Heaven. And then you
0: don't need to steam it, you just hang it while you yeah. seam it in the shower, which when yeah. I'm trying that's what I just put in the shower yeah. after you take your hot shower and it's perfect. And it's perfect. Yeah. Or you can like, if you do want to give it like a really good clean, you can roll it up in a
1: towel and then you basically you just hang it up and you have literally no creases, which
0: is pretty amazing. Oh, I didn't know about yeah, that. I'll be trying it's that. quite try. good too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, do you attach any importance to the idea of being a Canadian fashion designer? And I don't know if you identify as Canadian after having spent so much time in Australia.
1: I I honestly identify as as half half. Mm-hmm. I guess um, my mom being Australian with a European background, and then my father is Canadian. Uh, I've always seen myself as as being both, not not more one or the other. I think that for Canadians right now, for me, I seem to have had a lot of opportunities here, which is really cool, Mm -hmm. which I never... I I didn't really see it coming, I guess. I don't know if it's... And don't know if it's proximity to America or Europe, but I do think Canadians, especially whether you're in Toronto or Montreal, for me personally, it's been so easy to get anywhere you need to go whether it has to do with New York Fashion Week or go to Paris for a textile show or things like that it's very very easy i think there's a lot of opportunities mm-hmm. here and it's it's a little bit of an untapped market as yeah. well so if you're if you're doing the right things and creating things that Canadians Canadians i think in general i think they're pretty easy when it comes to their fashion you know it's We've said it before, you know, sitting around the dinner table, like Canadians really do dress for survival <laughs> and you know <laughs> it. survival of survival of the elements in the wintertime. Yeah. And if yeah. you can create something that that people as Canadians can wear throughout the summer and the winter and that mm. are practical and wearable, then I think there's a market for it and they'll buy it. That's you know? totally
0: true. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, but then your dress is also where not just a dress, it's yeah. all of the pieces also yeah. work anywhere in the world because if you're in a yeah. hot climate obviously you're fine yeah. and somewhere that's cold year-round you're you know you're yeah. also okay you just add layers yeah. to it yeah
1: you just add layers to it and you know you'd add some tights and some boots and a big yeah. cashmere sweater and you kind of, yeah. yeah you know you can kind of wear it like all year round so i think mm. yeah and that's something that coming back here and being cold it's something that i've thought about more okay mm. how am i going to style this or what do i need to create to sell more to Canadians now mm, at the store in Montreal you yeah. know what I mean I need to create more with collars and sleeves and you know things that are really good layering pieces mm. and you know we have some beautiful like ribbed silk jersey like Ooh. camisoles and now long sleeve shirts and things like that that mm. you can put on basically as your first layer underneath anything that you're wearing all of your beautiful cashmere sweaters and things like that so it's definitely something that I think more about it like in in Australia when I started silk laundry it was because I was so hot Mm. that you know I didn't want to wear anything but a slip dress and I didn't want to wear anything but silk you know so it was I was searching all over like just going to vintage stores and you know trying to find beautiful old silk slip dresses which were pretty hard to find back then and now it's kind of creating it for colder climates as well and making mm. it work on, on both sides of the globe. Yeah.
0: Mm. So what's next for self-laundry? Mm. Uh,
1: this year, I would really like to to make it work a little bit better for my for my life and grow a bit of a bigger team here. We're going to get a big, beautiful new design studio, um, which we've just rented out, which will be really cool. And... We're hoping to open a store, actually, either in Paris or L.A., so that could be on the cards Ooh, as so well. so exciting. Yeah, so there'll be more stores, but at the moment, it's it's probably going to be the same thing where it just... We're probably going to have a really big year, but it's going to happen organically mm-hmm. and, and go from there.
0: We'll just and your happens. e-com is global, obviously, yes. so you have clients around the planet.
1: Yeah, the e-com is global, so we send out... All of our international packages, basically, are sent from Australia, and then all of our Canadian parcels are sent from here from in here. Canada, in oh, Montreal.
0: Makes so much sense. Yeah. And we've got some signature questions on a brand yes. female, which I like to ask every guest. <laughs> and the first one is, if you could go back in time and do something differently, and it could be in your personal life or in business, is there something you would change?
1: I don't like living a life of regrets. Um, but there is one thi- there's one thing that comes to mind and it's it's actually it on here it's probably going to seem really insignificant but it's something that I think about all the time like when I was in elementary school I traded my grandpa's stamp collection for marbles and it's something that no. like that affects me <laughs> all of the time and I don't even know if my mom or dad know and I'm like and I feel like I'm going to cry right now just oh. thinking about it but it's like that's one thing that I should have never have done.
0: I think this is the but. best answer I ever got to that question.
1: <laughs> it's awful. It just seems so like so silly at the time and I really wanted those stupid marbles. And it's like it was just generic marbles as well. It wasn't right. anything special. Yeah, it was yeah, something yeah, yeah. that, you know, that my grandpa would have collected and we had stamps from Yugoslavia and Bosnia and You know, in Canada, it's just, it's something that people don't even have stamps anymore. No. And I I still think about it and
0: think like, what an idiot. I should have (laughs) never, ever have done that. Well, if anybody who would have been in elementary school, with you got the collection (laughs) is listening, you return the stamps. Oh man, I've even, I tried to get them back years later. I was going like,
1: remember those stamps that you traded? Like, do you have them? Can I get them back? I'll pay you anything for it. And she was like, no. I don't, don't know and, what happened yeah, to them yeah, exactly. You know, in elementary and, school. Yeah. But if if you're listening <laughs> <laughs> and if there's any way I can get them back, that would that would mean the world to me.
0: Uh, yeah. yeah. Best answer. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's something yeah. that matters. Yeah. Um, what do you wish women would do more of? Love themselves. Mm. Um, through and through love, whether it's their personality,
1: their appearance. You know, I think we go so out of our way to, you know, to change things about ourselves, whether it's our hair color or our noses or our lips or our boobs or, you know, anything. I just wish that that women just love who they are, the way that they are. And if there is something to change, then, then that's okay as well. But I do wish that, that we loved ourselves more. And I wish that we supported ourselves more,
0: mm-hmm. you know. More self-love. That's, yeah. That's an important one. Yeah. Is there a book? Um, ideal or book could be a movie as well that deeply influenced you.
1: Uh, I don't know if I have ones that have deeply. I have favorites. Yep. Um, deeply yeah. influenced, probably as well. But like movies, I loved The Intouchables, mm-hmm. Shawshank Redemption. Yeah. You know, uh, Best in Show is a really great movie. I yeah. don't know if it's if it's influenced <laughs> me a lot, but um, and then for books like I loved The Goldfinch. I thought that was mm-hmm. I thought that was a really beautiful novel mm-hmm. and yeah, I don't know. There's definitely there's definitely books that that I think about a lot. So do you find yourself reading more fiction than let's say business books? Um, I to be honest, I haven't read a book in a long time now. <laughs> I you know, it's kind of really it's something as soon as I pick up I feel I buy books all the time and then I pick it up and then I feel guilty and you know because I should be working if I have time to read a book I should mm-hmm. be working and I have so much work to do so I haven't read as much as I would like to I do listen to a lot of podcasts um I listen to monocle podcasts one called the yep. entrepreneurs that I really love yeah love um and I listen to a lot of self-help like audiobooks as well like right. how to be a better parent and <laughs> you know <laughs> things like that I listen I, I do listen to a lot of a lot of audiobooks which I think are which I think are cool, and just on the way in the metro, I walk a lot. So that's I think They work yeah.
0: really well for the type of lives that we have today. Yeah, you mm-hmm. know, but
1: I don't get to listen to a lot of
0: like a lot of fiction anymore. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and looking back, if we fast forward, let's say ten, fifteen years from now, mm-hmm. and looking back at your life, what will be the one thing you'll be the most proud of?
1: Well, I hope. Um, I hope I can be proud of my boys. I hope that I can. That I can grow up, you know, and and be proud and have just beautiful, happy humans that that love themselves and you know, and that are happy and healthy and mm-hmm. you know that I don't have any problems. I hope that I can you know, I hope that I can get there. And in ten years, I hope that I can be proud of you know the family that I've that I've made. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Well, wow, I think you're well on your way, and um, I think they're going to be really proud of their mom too and yeah. what she's built. So, thank you. I wish you the best for the next uh, steps in silk laundry's development and yes. um, enjoy all that Montreal has to offer. Yeah. We have winter coming up again, but you've survived uh-huh. one, so you yeah. should <laughs> be able to do it you again. You should be equipped yeah. for a second one. <laughs> thank you so much for speaking to me today. Thanks it was so great to have you. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Oh, my If you like today's show, please subscribe and give us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you like to listen to your shows. Visit thebrandisfemale.com where you can also shop our merchandise and follow us on Instagram. Thank you for listening. I'll be back with a new episode shortly.